What is the action you want people to take that feels awesome to know that you could have been the cause of that ripple effect? I don't know that I've ever read another obituary when it talked about someone's soul. Now we're going to write version one of your obituary for two reasons. One, because the pen is in your hand. And because if you aren't in love with how your life is reading, you can flip the script right now. Hey, this is Grand Exit, conversations starting conversations about living, dying, and living on. We're sharing real talk on the life-death legacy continuum now, so we don't wait to the end to talk about what matters most. Enter here you intend to be remembered. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Grand Exit, the podcast. You're here with Tamitha and Chelsea for a deep diving conversation about reconstructing the obituary template. In this episode, you can expect to explore a case of mistaken obituaries that may have led to the Nobel Peace Prize, the eye-opening value of crafting your own obituary, and an exercise that supports you in thinking and writing about who you are and how you intend to be remembered. Let's dive in. When your friend Laura passed, you shared her obituary with me in one of our many conversations about what seems a little askew about the format and constraints of honoring a life upon someone's death. What did Laura's obituary not say that you felt lackluster about? I think it said a lot of things that were really beautiful about her. I think what did not come through for me um, when I read it is um, the joy that she brought to women who were at the hardest parts of their lives. I mean, she would show up to an infusion. She would never let anyone go to an infusion alone. She one time saw me in a hallway. She was of Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. She was on her way after having some uh, an appointment done and found out I was there by myself. And she like canceled her, like didn't go back to work that day because she did not want me to be alone. And that was like the essence of Laura that did not come through. And, and it wasn't just for me. I mean, I'd like to think it was just for me, but she would have done that. <laughs> she would have done that for any other woman who she knew who uh, was going through treatment. I think the other thing that didn't come through is her, she had this deep, deep love for her, who she called her boys, her husband and her son. And it noted them that that's who um, survived her. Um, but it didn't come, it, it was not, I, I wish it would have had a little more about just how much she loved those boys. And, and made reference to them as because that's what she called them, um, her boys. So who do you think wrote her obituary? Or maybe you know. I don't know. I don't know who wrote it. I don't know. I shared a little bit about this in a previous episode, but for, again, calling on the most profound experience that I've had with death, the death of my grandee, she was a writing professor. and Writing was super important to her. She taught journaling, facilitated journaling workshops for so many people. So the obituary was like the thing, like mm -hmm. like no pressure would have been a joke to say, like all the pressure. We knew which pictures she thought she looked good in. That part was easy. Although I will say like capturing someone's joy in their happiest moments is like mm. an awesome way mm. to think about what goes with your obituary. It doesn't necessarily, you can do whatever you want. First of all, you write mm. the rules of how you live. You write the rules of how you die. It's like mm. 
what we're willing to stake this all on. Well, an obituary is not really about at this time. It's right. about a life reflected and it's a biography and some very short biography, but like, what if it could be an autobiography? Mm. What if the person, and maybe that's not for you. Maybe that's not for everyone. A lot of people don't, you know, fancy themselves a writer, fancy themselves a storyteller, but like, what are the, what are the key points that you want to make sure others know? If for no other reason, if not to preserve your own story, like to alleviate the burden, mm. the time sensitive burden that's placed on those you leave behind to write your story and honor you immediately in the acute moment of grief. Mm. Like it is hard to gather your thoughts sometimes, especially, and I think it's worth mentioning when people are experiencing a sudden death and they don't have time to think about that, right? So, like, right. instead of waiting till the moment of death to think about how you tell the story of a loved one. What if the loved one could help you tell the story? In this case, listeners, you're the loved one. <laughs> so like, how can you help the people you leave behind tell your story to make sure that like they don't go rogue and they hit the <laughs> points you like? Unless you love when others go rogue with your legacy. <laughs> I do not like I that. I do not. No, I do not. So that's what today's about. Making sure that we can guide instead of have to course correct because we're not going to be here to do it. Today we're doing things a little bit differently mm. and we're taking it workshop style. Workshop style. <laughs> but don't run. Please don't run away. <laughs> Whatever your style is for consuming content and practicing yourself today, you'll be using that. So Remember that mistaken obituary story? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So in 1895, Alfred Nobel wrote his last will and testament. And he had been thinking through how he would leave behind his large fortune, which in today's world would be like $200 million. No small legacy. He was leaving it behind to honor innovations that had the greatest benefit to mankind over the year prior. So Alfred Nobel in his day was known as the dynamite king because he invented dynamite and he built and ran lots and lots of factories that created explosives. So seven years prior to Alfred Nobel creating his last will and testament, his brother died. Alfred Nobel's brother died and a reporter got confused about which brother died. So the obituary that ran in that obituary, the reporter called Alfred Nobel the merchant of death. He talked about how Alfred Nobel acquired this wealth by profiting off of like death and mutilation and all of these terrible things that dynamite explosive mm -hmm. led to mm -hmm. in war. Mm -hmm. And obviously the reporter had to retract the obituary. It was for the wrong person. Alfred Nobel was living, mm. but it wasn't retracted before Alfred Nobel read it. He read his own obituary where he was reading like the horrors that became his legacy mm. because his life had been dedicated to war mm. and it impacted him so greatly that historians say he used the next seven years to turn his legacy completely around, mm. mapped out the project that would become the Nobel Peace Prize. So this man who'd built a life off of a legacy of war. death, right? War mm. could actually completely pivot because mm. he was able to see the pen could be in his hands and then left a legacy of peace. Mm. 
right? Who gets to read their own own obituary (laughs) and understand the impact that they have, how they'd be remembered? Well, Alfred Nobel got to do that. And he used that, looked death right in the face and then changed the way he lived. I love this story. I actually it is a think good it's so empowering. Story. It is it is a good story. And guess who gets to read their own obituary? We do. <laughs> because we're writing ours today, or at least thinking about how it should read. So you may remember, you probably do, that in May of 2020, Chelsea, we facilitated a live workshop and Uh, We called it reconstructing the obituary template. And our intention was not to deconstruct this template because we think something's wrong with it. I think we want to say that up front. I think we just are clear that to our minds and hearts, it forgets to to honor how a person lived. So when we say deconstructing this template, I think we all remember what that template or are familiar with that template, right? It's the you're born this date, you died this date, you did this as a profession, these are the people you're survived by, and then please send flowers to, right, or donations to. So we're going to ask you to deconstruct that template as you think about your own living and what might be written about you so that you can answer the question, would you make changes as you think about how your life writes out in an obituary? So grab a pen grab some paper. Um, You want to jot things down in bullet form. If you want to write everything out, that's fine. If you don't want to write a single thing, that's fine. Sometimes I have trouble writing. I just like to put it in my brain and my file cabinet up there. There's no wrong way to do this. Before we dive in to listeners' obituaries and the exercise, I think it would be fun for us to explore a few of these amazing obituaries that we found online. We love them because it does exactly what we're going to ask everyone to do, which is for, it like makes clear what this person was really about, like what they're living, what was at the center of their living, um, who they are, and and truly honors the life. Um, that is no longer here. So um, talk to us about Randall Jacobs. Oh my gosh. Okay. And we don't know him. We don't know him. (laughs) But his obituary was so effective that one, I feel like we do know him. Yes, exactly. Uh, I guess that's the main point. But two, complete side note, I would kind of, I wish I knew him. We found this one because it went viral on Twitter. So just the highlights here. Randall Jacobs of Phoenix died at age 65, having lived a life that would have sent a lesser man to his grave decades earlier. His friends called him RJ, but to his family, he was Uncle Bunky, a.k.a. the Bunkster. He told his last joke, which cannot be printed here, on May 4th, 2020. It continued, Uncle Bunky burned the candle and whatever else was handy at both ends. He spoke in a gravelly patois of wisecracks, mangled metaphors, and inspired profanity that reflected the Arizona dive bars, Colorado ski slopes, and various dodgy establishments where he spent his days and nights. For all his chaotic energy and hysterical charm, he had a gentle soul. A night out with Bunky could result in a court summons or a world-class hangover, but his friends and family would drop whatever they were doing to make a trip out to see him. 
When the end drew near, he left us with a final bunkyism. I'm ready for the dirt nap, but you can't leave the party if you can't find the door. He found the door, but the party will never be the same without him. In lieu of flowers, please pay someone's bar tab, smoke a bowl, and fearlessly carve out some fresh lines through the trees on the gnarliest side of the mountain. I just love that. I love everything about it. Um, it's important to know that Samantha is currently crying. <laughs> what do you love I, about it? Well, I started tearing up for all his chaotic energy and hysterical charm. He had a gentle soul. And I don't know that I've ever read another obituary when it talked about someone's soul. And that's really what we're here to nurture and build. And I, I just love that. And that you're reading all of these funny things about him, but then you can imagine this gentle soul doing all of them. And I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I love this. I oh. love it because whoever wrote this was honoring the idea that like there are your people and not your people. Like this man was not for everyone, <laughs> but this is who this man was mm. to those who are now remembering him and honoring him and leaving him behind. They didn't inflate. He was a good man. He, right. not that he was a bad man, not that good or bad are the measuring sticks, but it was like, this is, hi, this is an obituary. This is the way that we will honor the way that this man lived his life. Here's how he would probably want you to remember him. That's right. That's like right. these actions are connected to what this man valued. Mm -hmm. You don't have to like it. Mm-hmm. And what he valued and what people valued about him, period. That's all that matters. Who wrote Grandy's obituary? I did with Court, my sibling, and our cousin Grant. Okay. It was definitely a collective effort, but we, our family was dividing and conquering. Yeah, it was, it was a collective effort. Joan Grandy Leader passed on November 7th, 2019, after a tough few months of proving to herself and the world that she was a magnificent force of nature. One tough bitch, as if ever anyone had a doubt. At 83, Grandy was what dreams are made of. The wife to Jerry, Juki Leader, for 62 beautiful years, mother to three incredible girls, Tammy, Jody, and Randy, and Grandy to six of the luckiest grandchildren on this planet. Chelsea, Court, Spencer, Grant, Allison, and Lucy, plus the adopted Grandy to thousands of those who were blessed to be on her path. With a master's degree in reading, Grandy was a teacher, journaling professor, and special education consultant for decades, and with her family founded Camp Powerment, a camp retreat to equip women to live life to their highest potential. Grandy taught thousands of people to not only write, but to live their legacy now. A friend and mentor, nothing made Grandy happier than making sure people knew they mattered and belonged. There is, and never was or will be, anybody on earth quite like Joan Leader. Donations can be made in her honor to directly benefit scholarships for extraordinary women to reignite their lives at Camp Powerment. She will forever live on in our hearts. Well done. <laughs> Thanks. Well done. Were you surprised that she hadn't written her own obituary? I think we were too numb at that moment to be surprised. Yeah, I guess in some ways she did write her own obituary by just telling us exactly what she wanted. We knew in lieu of flowers, we did know 
you know, we did know she wanted to raise money for the scholarship foundation that she was so instrumental in creating. And then all the other details wrote themselves. Mm -hmm. The hardest part was editing, really, Mm -hmm. for her, for someone who talked so much about legacy. She made an example of, of her values all the time. So we're about to talk through some of the key points of how to rewrite the survive by rules and and dig into this concept of contribution in your life and in the ways those around you are going to honor your legacy. Yeah, with this exercise, our intention is to encourage you and also us to think differently about how life shows up in obituaries, like what's between the lines to encourage you to begin writing your obituary now with the sincere reminder that talking about death will not bring it closer. (laughs) All right. Now we're going to write version one of your obituary for two reasons. One, because the pen is in your hand. And because if you aren't in love with how your life is reading, um, you can flip the script right now. You're alive right now. So like Alfred Noble, let's get to changing our lives. So give us a minute. We're going to grab pens and notebooks ourselves, and we're going to be following the prompt and writing our drafts in real time too, right? Yes, we are. (laughs) So let's start with our, let's start with our pride points. How will people understand our unique essence that we brought to life? So what are those traits? How does your personality deserve to be described? For me, this exercise helps when I think of how did I make people feel? What were my traits relative to those who would otherwise be writing this for me? Mm-hmm. Once you've thought a little bit about your traits, think about contribution, be it personal, professional. What have you done or inspired in your life so far that you want to make sure the world knows about and remembers that you did? or help create in the world that you want to be sure people remember about your time. Mm -hmm. So let's move on to who you're survived by, who you want the readers to take care of once you're gone. So this can be your family, however you define your family. Who's most important to you? I think... This prompt is so interesting, this part of the prompt, because it feels nearly impossible to do that um, at one point in your life without knowing there will be a revision, a potential revision, because you have no idea the order of survival. And like knowing you would need to revise this part is, for me, a good reminder. Like, I, I hope that we have to revise every part. I hope that I'm someone who changes so much and is so dynamic in a life that I'm still me. My essence is the same. My traits will be different, but I hope my contributions are more aplenty when my obituary is actualized. And in some way, I hope my relationships are too, who I leave behind. I think for me, this part of any obituary 
like I always wonder, okay, so what, what was the primary purpose of this being included? And part of it, I, I think is probably has to do with lineage, you know, back years and years ago when people all lived in the same town and grew up in the same town and stayed in the same town, sort of understanding who their people were. For me, it's clear that the most important people, Part of this is who is in need of the most love right now? Who is in need of the most support? And so as you're thinking about writing your own obituary, who are the people who you most want to say to the world, these are the people I need to make sure are wrapped in love for a long time? Yeah, that's the important part for me here is sort of who do I want to highlight as being um, in most need of, of care? In thinking through some of these questions, in case you need to hear it, we don't have to have this figured out. It's probably not going to be perfect. It likely will change. This might feel intimidating. It might not be the moment you're going to actually do this work. You can start the podcast over. <laughs> these directions will be there. Chelsea, do you want to share quickly your first segment, your first part? Yeah. Like your contributions, like, like contributions and personality? Yeah, traits and contribution. Here's my, my running list in no particular order. Chelsea was full of life, made people feel held. She asked a lot of questions. She sought a lot of answers. She felt most alive in the mountains and most energized in sweet company of her family by blood and choice. She gave and received her magic in the art of gathering. Mm -hmm. Happiest. Her smile nearly fell off her face. <laughs> she had many friends and many feelings. She was hardly ever still. Peace came to her in movement. She believed in kismet. Her professional accomplishments felt personal. They all intersected in creating safe spaces for people to feel more alive together. She loved her mama, who taught her that the universe was on her side. And I'm crying. <laughs> she was stubborn, opinionated, and particular. She said, I love you, generously, and she meant it. She went the distance for all she cared about. She was a special daughter, sister, cousin, partner, mom, and friend. I'm future tripping there, but we'll take it. She was learning, growing and finding adventure until the day she died. Wow. <laughs> that so captured everything. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Thanks. So good. And there's lots of cross-outs. Mm. And Tamitha and I took a break mm. in between reading the prompt and writing ours. And we sat. It was lovely. We Beautiful. sat and the birds were chirping mm -hmm. and um, we probably took 30 or 40 minutes. Yeah, I think just about that long. No longer than that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To write, to write this out. Mm -hmm. So it's messy. It's in the middle of a journal that is borrowed. I might lose it. I, I won't lose a journal. <laughs> I might, might lose the words and, and that's kind of the point. It's mm -hmm. kind of okay. It, 
was a really nice exercise for me to reflect. Right. Like you're crying in a way is sort of reflective of, yeah, I got this right. Like this is so me. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty moved yeah. by the reflection process. Yes. 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 What about yes. yours? Um, okay. So we're just reading the top part. Yeah. Right? Traits and contributions. Uh, Tamitha was service-minded and knew the comfort provided to others by a warm homemade meal, a quick note scribbled on a card, or a sit on the front porch. She was told on more than one occasion that her emotions were too big, and thus she was unsupervisable. Her <laughs> contributions to the world were less important to her than the contributions she made to the town she called home and those she called her family. However, she liked to think that her efforts in public health may eventually lead to the radical change needed to truly ensure the well-being of all people. Mm. She was an activist until the end, though much of her energy was also placed in raising one. She was proud of her marriage and of her mothering, both journeys that expanded her understanding of herself and her capacity for joy, sorrow, empathy, love, frustration, belly laughs, and introspection. Mm. <laughs> so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I have so much more to write. Like once you start, I hope others find this as well. Like once you start, it's hard to start. Like there's so much to say about your life and which parts to emphasize and, and not. And if it's hard for you to do, imagine what it's like for someone who's, who in the midst of great profound sorrow are asked to do the same. So, um, Yeah. And for some, it might be really difficult. You and I both love words. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes ours move us to tears. <laughs> That's not the case for everyone. And I think it's important to acknowledge that this might be really difficult. We've spent a great deal of time, though not writing this down and you know not putting pen to paper. We've thought a great deal okay. about the space that holds this in. So you know, this is a big, this is a big assignment that can feel, that can start really small. So mm -hmm. even if your list of traits and contributions there is short, that's cool. That's okay. Start somewhere mm -hmm. and see where it leads. And do you think people could also ask others like what they think of when they think of you and your life and see how perhaps that should be, could be woven in somehow. in lieu of flowers or maybe not in lieu of flowers maybe bring on all the flowers right, right? like again Can i have flowers and right <laughs> with flowers please send diamonds please send donations Donate. please send letters love letters please send a singing monkey question to listeners questions to myself how do you hope the community does um honor put energy, resources, whatever resources look like. Love and support our resources. So donations are resources. What's the call to action outside of, please attend my memorial service if you'd like one of those. But what, what's the, what is the call to action? What action do you want people to take to honor your memory? The options, honestly, are endless. They're endless. They're endless. Yeah. And I think this is the part where, like, really looking at, you know, your gut reaction to that, and then also your reaction to it after a bit of consideration. 
really points to how whatever you shared here, how is it connecting to how you're living your life? I mean, this is where, where really the rubber meets the road, I think. This is a real opportunity. I love the organization Charity Water. They're looking to build wells to bring clean water to communities, and they want you to know where your money's going. What I love the most about their campaigning is they say, donate your birthday. They say, give us a milestone that other people want to honor you for and tell them that you know, access to clean water is important to you. And so those who care about me, if they're looking to do something, they can help me make this impact that I care about. And then I can let them know how it's going. Mm-hmm. And I can see, feel, share that impact with the people who want to be in on it with me. When Grandy died, because we created a campaign to raise money for scholarships, we were able to provide 20 scholarships more in 2021. Every single person who was able to receive the experience that Grandy's death fundraised for mm-hmm. are part of her legacy, That's whether right. they know her or not. That's right. And everyone who contributed to that got to actualize that legacy to her wishes. Mm. So how are you using yours? I actually had a, a kind of a difficult time mm. on this part of it um, mm. because of the nature of survived by at what point? That part, that part was hard for me for a different reason, but yes. And we'll what's talk yours? About that. What, what do you mean what's mine? For a different reason. It's just too hard for me to think about. It's just way too hard. So I, mine's very surfacey. Yeah, it doesn't even really sound like when I read it back to myself. So mine says Tamitha survived by her husband of 25 years, John, and their daughter, Harper, an extended family who loved her so well and a, fa- a family of friends who gave her life such meaning. That doesn't even sound like something I would write. Um, I, I can't can't do it. Just And maybe that part is better written by someone else, right? right. Maybe. Yeah. And maybe not. Maybe it needs more time. Or maybe you can't encapsulate the relationships in a short story like this. Yeah. All of it's okay. There's space for it to be all types of way. That's exactly right. I, I think what struck me about yours, your beginning, Chelsea, was the part about that you loved your mama because I don't I I don't know that you know it's not the natural way for a parent to bury their child so the sentiment is underlying that statement although I what is natural but it's hard for me to imagine like how I say it survived by her mom and dad like that's just a really hard thing for me to think about um in some ways even harder than John so Anyway, I just brought us all down. No, you didn't. <laughs> I can't reach you. <laughs> oh. So I want to hear you. I think yours. also saying like what is natural is really important. There's no such thing as a normal or natural That's order exactly of death. Right. But also mine says at the very top, like a little carrot, then in natural-ish order. Oh, so you and I, funny. Because I'm like, if, if I'm dreaming, right? Like if I'm, if I'm mm. dreaming. I don't want to die after my husband. Mm. I don't. (laughs) I just don't. You just don't. Gosh. So I was like, well, if I'm making this up, (laughs) I I will take creative liberties here. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I did. I wrote, she is survived by her favorite person, Court, 
She's survived by her husband, Peter, whose supernatural resolve will lead him to her in the next lap, she's sure. Her brother cousins, Spencer and Grant, and her friends, campers and loyal listeners, who infused her life with sunshine and reflected back to her her light. In lieu of flowers and food, please send. And I had such a hard time with this one, which I actually really didn't. We, we wrote the prompt. Like, right. I did not anticipate having such a hard time with this one because I do think that I, I, leave my, I lead an impact-focused um, life mm. or impact-considerate mm. life. Mm. I guess that one probably fits yeah. better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and... I support a lot of causes and I think about a lot of causes and I couldn't, I couldn't really, I couldn't really commit. Mm. I was, I was probably more in my head than I needed to be. And yeah, I, I, I have, I have more living work to do in aligning with organizations that I, I care about in the highest way. I was like, mm. wow, this is a really tall privilege and opportunity, really a mm. tall opportunity. Mm. Like when I die, I hope people are paying attention and charged and so if they are where am I sending them right. just in case like at the highest level what if this works like right where am I sending them where, yeah and I think that that like the survived by depends a great deal on what's going on outside of my life in the world in my community mm-hmm. and for the people mm-hmm. I leave behind mm-hmm. right not just the people I love but like the next generation like what's going on in the world where can I actually help here and I think I will want it to be something we can act one like measurable Mm. like I want my family to know again family chosen as well like to know because we asked they answered you know Mm. the community answered and they can feel supported by this much impact when Mm. when Grandy died and we received letters about the impact she made on others and calls about her impact it brought her back to life in some way, in a new way. And it really helped usher us into the next chapter of our relationship with her. So I said, in lieu of flowers and food, please send letters to her family about her impact in your life and make a contribution to these organizations that provide mental health services to all who seek them. Mm. And uh, I didn't list them. And so I'll, that's where I'll pick up after I... this podcast of really looking deeper. I... Mm. How about you? Uh, so mine says, please do send flowers, but to someone you know would appreciate them. Tamitha loved giving them and receiving them, especially if they were from your own garden. If you see John around town, invite him to have a quick pint and remind him of his promise to go fishing every now and again. Please also check in on her girl. She won't want a hug or a sappy pep talk, though. But if you offer to take her shopping or to ski a few runs, that would be the connection she's looking for. Should you be able to honor Tamitha's legacy in a financial way, she believes strongly in the work of breast cancer action and give her camp. So good and so clear. I love you. Love you. Well, now we have boogers on this microphone, so... I would even, I don't know. Like, I know this is important to do. Like, we both took our own time. Like, we didn't share this before. But there is something about reading this to someone you love, like, and and hearing theirs. 
I don't know. This has just been a very powerful exercise. I hope our listeners have found it to be the same. Whatever way you decide to dip your toe in here, we ask that you do it with a friend. Share what you're thinking. Share this episode. Share your way um, of entering this conversation with one person in your life. However close, however distant, someone that you can be a safe space for, Mm -hmm. who will provide you the safety to explore this without judgment and without weight. You can rip it up. You can delete it. It doesn't have to sound awesome. It just gets you thinking and beginning and and together or bust, right? Like if you can you can help someone through this, they can help you. You can gain some clarity or brainstorm. Share this conversation with one person. We promise you, if nothing else, you'll find meaning and matter. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Grand Exit. If you're enjoying exploring the life-death-legacy continuum, come back to keep diving in with us here. Subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Connect with us on Instagram. We're grand.exit. And sign up for our newsletter at grandexit.com newsletter. And most importantly, share. Please do share this by starting a conversation about life, death, and legacy with someone who matters to you. There's so much waiting for you there. Join us every other Thursday as we bring death to life for those who intend to be remembered. Catch you next time.